0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Heartbeat Hot Sauce. Yes, let's talk about the six-pack. $60, six sauces. Buy big, save big. Heartbeat The ultimate variety pack. Jalapeno, pineapple habanero. Ooh, heatonist. Red Habanero, Scorpion, and the Blueberry Habanero. All in one pack, six pack, 60 bucks. HeartbeatHotsauce.com. Or go to your favorite retailer. Buy now online. Add it to the cart. Heartbeat Hot Sauce. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Brand Hackbrook. Yo, RBC Royal Bank of Canada mortgage specialist. Yes, he is. Woo, always open. He specialized in first time home buyers, moving your mortgage over to the RBC and investment property mortgages. He is going to make it happen for you. Yes, 251 7251. Buying a home is a major decision. Yes, it is. You don't know where to start? Call him now. 251 7251. That's Brand Hackberg. Your RBC Royal Bank of Canada Mortgage Specialist. 251-7251. Call now. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Eat Loco Pizza. 767-0000. Call now. Place your order for your favorite pizza. Yes, right now. Do it. Ooh, pizza. Eat Loco Pizza. Ah, pizza. It's all about... Everything. Pizza. Eat Local Pizza. Best of Walleye 2020. They make it happen. They do it. They do it all. And it's not just the pizza. It's the crust. It's the sauce. It's the combination. It's science. Probably. It's Eat Local Pizza. Call now. 767 Or order online this is the michaelated unplugged episode 94 tonight please ladies and gentlemen give it up to the one and only patrick o'connor right here with me tonight Whew. and we are live pat how are you doing good it's an honor here to be with you tonight. I appreciate you making yourself available. Thank you. Uh, I have been a follower of your craft since a little while, and I have actually one here on my table, this beautiful spoon, uh, and it says, loving spoonful. It's engraved even. That's wonderful. You use it for your coffee? Uh I actually used it a couple times for the coffee then the kids stole it and I found it in the living room behind toys. <laughs> and now it's back in the studio. This is this is not going anywhere. This is special.
1: Yeah, you better hang on to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But it's a uh, like coffee is important. I I drink a lot of coffee. Do you drink a lot of coffee?
1: We do. I use it to measure out the grounds. To make the coffee
0: i don't usually use it to stir mm, yes but do you so when you put the coffee on there that's this is science now how big is it like do you have that does it have to be flat or is it okay yeah
1: level with the top of the spoon should give you a one tablespoon
0: okay Ooh, so specific very nice how did you i how do you do this how do you get the this so perfect
1: the, um, the oval or the off round shape of the spoon is, is the profile of a bit that I use in my CNC machine. And I just make the oval, uh, either bigger or smaller or deeper to, uh, get the proper measurement. So I just kind of trial and error till I got one tablespoon. Mm. I, my wife wouldn't, uh, didn't want it in the house unless it was one tablespoon. So okay. that's why.
0: Yes. That's, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then how many tablespoons for your pot of coffee? Does it have to be strong or not so strong?
1: Three and a half. Three and a half of those.
0: For 10 cups? Usually does it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I do five.
2: (laughs) Strong. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
0: It's like you get used to it though, right? Over time. Yeah. 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 It's just like. mm. Plus, we got the little kids. So, yeah. I, I, I thought I should reduce my coffee intake today. And I I picked up some green tea because I had to go and get groceries for the week. And it doesn't do it for me. Sorry for all the tea drinkers out there. <laughs> okay, so now you are also doing collaborations, right? Because I came across your amazing work when I picked up this cup.
1: Yeah, pots to go. Um, actually, I have one as well. I'm, I'm drinking out of it right now. That She, she had done those for me. Mm. And, uh, I, I give them to clients and sometimes I have them up for sale, but usually I give them to clients that have... Um, Sponsored me or or at least bought my products over the years.
0: It's beautiful. I love it. Thank you. The you 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 just said over the years, right? This you have been mastering and still developing new things constantly. How many years has it been?
1: Uh, forty years, I guess. Wow. Thirty five, forty.
0: Wow. Are you born and raised yeah. in Thunder Bay?
1: No, Chapleau, Ontario, ah. near Sault Ste. Marie, between Sault Ste. Marie and Wawa, a little bit north of Wawa.
0: Okay. And then life took you here, I guess.
1: Well, it took me to uh, Scriber to work on the railroad, and then I went, came up here to go to college. Mm. Wow. That's when, how I ended up here and just never left.
0: Yeah. It's a good place, right? If you like winter.
1: Yeah. It is a good place.
0: Yes, I agree. And Thunder Bay is very nice so 40 years how did it start
1: uh i took a woodworking class at the uh, college was the very first thing i did and we, we made a butcher block cutting board it was a bit of a disaster mm. uh, didn't turn out very well and uh eventually i ended up taking uh a 48 week program at the college that was uh, cabinet making and millwork and then i did an apprenticeship oh, at a uh, at a cabinet
0: shop, hmm. it, it is there a big difference. Now, allow me this question because I'm not an expert, and you correct me. So, if if uh, if someone builds a butcher block out of wood, is that is that compared comparable to a cabinet maker, or is everything is very specific?
2: Some
1: of the same techniques that are involved in cabinet making are used in in you know putting together a butcher block, but by- not a lot because there's not a lot of moving parts. So mm. uh, probably the uh, the biggest mistake I made when we did that first butcher block was trying to put a threaded rod through the center to hold it all together. And you really don't need that. So
0: Okay. Because you glue it, I guess?
1: Yeah, you just glue it and the glue is actually stronger than the wood. So wow. you, as long as your pieces match up uh, pretty good and the grain orientation is right, you glue it together it'll stay
0: mm. does it have to be like dry the wood I it mean? should
1: be i use a moisture meter to try and determine what the moisture level is in the wood so that it doesn't move too much um, mm. it's best if it's uh kill and dried but not always air dried's fine as well mm. but if it's green and really wet then the glue uh some of the joints won't hold
0: yeah, how do you measure it then? You said there was some kind of device. there's a,
1: a moisture meter. I have a moisture meter that uh, measures the uh, moisture within the specific really uh, species. Wow,
0: like is it a laser or yeah. what is it?
1: It uh, <laughs> usually they have um, they send a, a signal down through the wood and it'll measure the moisture. Or sometimes there's two probes that uh, actually sink uh, very slightly into the wood. And uh, it will send a send a signal down, and you get your moisture reading back on your on your meter.
0: Wow, that's like a stud finder in a way.
1: Yeah, does <laughs> the same thing, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Those are handy, right? Whoa. Yeah. Mm. We bought this house about four or five years ago here, and it's like it's like over a hundred years old, and in the upper area is like we tried to mount a tv and i i did i think i did like six or seven holes because the measurements changed right now they do 16 is it 16 inches 16
1: inches on center
0: yeah and but i think they didn't do that all the time or maybe they did a different measurement like way back 100 years ago
1: right it was probably lath and plaster and who knows how far apart they were Mm -hmm. uh, separated because it probably wasn't inspected it's pro-
0: yeah i don't know it's 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 a good house it's standing but you, you could be correct yes you nobody knows it's older than all the people that living in this house are together combined <laughs> that's old <laughs> yes. but it's it's home so that's good hmm. okay so you you took the course and how come that the uh adventure building this first piece of craft how did how did you connect to it what happened um
1: i i got the plan out of a book but really uh it wasn't now that i look back on it it wasn't really a great plan i mean it worked but um, I was I was short on knowledge as far as uh, how to finish it and how to get it level and how to plane it down. There's lots of stuff that I was missing, and um, mm. eventually, when I did take the program at the college all those questions were answered and more so
0: okay but it was um, you 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 took it over though right sometimes people try something it doesn't work and then they just ah whatever i do the next thing but you seem to be interested in it
1: yeah it was a bit of a problem i wanted to solve it and i had to figure out what was wrong and i enjoyed woodworking and i was actually i was buying i bought a couple of houses and in the meantime, I was doing the repairs and with not a lot of woodworking knowledge. So it helped after I took the program at the college mm. because it was cabinet making and millwork. So there was a lot of uh, related uh, learning there as far as home home repair went.
0: Yeah. And cabinets are not just only for the kitchen, right?
1: Yeah. Kitchen, bathroom, everything.
0: Garage, like the tool yeah. sh- the tool shop. <laughs> Yeah, how big is your tool shop? Like, uh, twenty-eight by thirty. Twenty-eight by thirty—that's nice. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You, and you—how do you heat it? With a wood stove?
1: Uh, no, I have a suspended heater.
0: Okay, nice. Yeah. Those, those, those are those fans, right?
1: Yeah, uh, natural gas. That's perfect. It's just a little heater that hangs from the ceiling.
0: So mm. That's awesome. You don't need
1: any ductwork.
0: Yeah, then you are all year round, you are flexible, you can get your work done.
1: Yeah, all year round. I I prefer the summer to open the garage doors and mm-hmm. like give somewhere for the dust to go.
0: Ah, oh, yeah. That is that intense?
1: Uh, a little bit. I have a dust collector and an air cleaning system, so it, it helps out.
0: Mm-hmm. I've tried once. I had a table saw and we did some uh, laminate flooring. And a buddy of mine said, hey, just use my laminate cutter. And I was like, I don't need that. I have a table saw. So I hooked it up inside the house. (laughs) And I made the first cut. And I was like, this is not going to work. I'm going to need this laminate cutter. So much better because the dust is so fine, right? It gets everywhere.
1: Yeah, everywhere.
0: Mm, Wow. Okay. Well, you, how long did you do the cabinets for? Like
1: uh the apprenticeship that i took was uh about two years and uh, i never really because i was working for the ministry of correctional services at the time so i was mm. doing two things at once ah. and then the idea was to get out of uh working with the government and get into cabinet making but uh i never really truly did that i always i kept the cabinet making and um craft work as a as a hobby
2: mm-hmm.
0: until
1: i retired and then i kind of turned it into a business
0: ah, okay so but you the name and everything that was like already in the area or when did that happen no
1: the name is probably about well it's 2015 so it's about five years old
0: okay nice wow you want to elaborate a little bit i'm on that, on that well name? the
1: patio was uh that was like kind of my nickname in high school or while well, I lived in Shaplow, so mm. I just kept it and used it as a uh, as a name for my business. Okay, I like that.
0: Just like the micolated, it's the same thing.
2: Right? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Wow. So, what would you tell people like, that are fascinated to get into the craftsmanship of all you do? Like you do. I've seen this one video too, where you make a dough press, right? yeah
1: like, that was kind of interesting. I had never made one of those before, but I, I just kind of grabbed the plan off the internet and uh, uh, semi followed it and made it.
0: That's crazy I'm I before I backtrack to that question, it's like it almost sounds like now you you through your experience and working with everything you got, it seems now if you would find some recipe you would just be able to like look at it and then you make it your own, right?
1: That's pretty much how it goes. Yeah. Especially mm. like if my wife wants a dresser or she wants a cabinet. She just I just get a picture, she shows me a picture and then I'll go from there. I oh. used to kind of use the standard dimensions for whatever it is we're building or I'm building. Wow. And then uh, just use the skills that I have. Instead of I don't typically like following a plan too much
2: mm-hmm. because
1: you just do things differently, that's all. But generally, the, when it, when it's all done, they pretty much look the
0: same. Yes, yes. Or if it doesn't work, then you have to take a little look in that book. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why does this yeah. not work? Yeah, yeah what happened? Uh, wow. So, you you know, I always was dreaming and dream about, like, bed size it's like the, there is a bed that's like king size, right? That's like the huge bed. Especially with the kids, you can you you don't even know that they're in the bed. <laughs> yeah. so, so, in a way, you could build. Is it true? Is that you could build any kind of furniture?
1: Yeah, pretty much. We did um, built the bed, and, uh, mirrors, wow. uh, chests of drawers, everything that we needed for our house. Pretty much, I I built and china cabinet wow pretty much everything kitchen bathroom
0: it's crazy yeah do you do you put a signature on it
1: no i've never put a signature on anything except when i started patio boards Uh then i had that branding iron
0: yeah how come that you like some people they put their name on something or creations right somewhere and then some others don't
1: yeah, I just never really thought about it up until uh, I started to run a business that uh, I, I kind of wanted to sign some of the pieces that I did. Mm-hmm. And then it just, it lets someone identify it as my work as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's really good. Now that you that you do it now, and I love that. Um, then how do you engrave it? Is it a machine too?
1: Yeah, that's done on a CNC machine.
0: CNC. Uh, okay, you got to break this down for me.
1: Oh, I'd have to look that up. Computerized numeric control, I think it is. I'd have to look up.
0: Oh, so it's like... I it's so
1: used to calling it CNC that I, I mm. never really do any reading on it.
0: No, that's okay. I, I think I know what you mean. It's like 3D printing in a way, just yeah. on, on texture. Just engraving.
1: Engraving with, a, engraving with, a, with a, a motor router and, mm. and uh, XY axis and,
0: Okay, so what kind of wood is this?
1: That is maple.
0: Maple, eh? What, what's your favorite uh, material uh, it's to work been, with,
1: Actually, you know? it depends on what I'm doing. So if I'm if I'm making something that you're going to cut on, then I'll, I'll always go with maple. If I'm building a, uh, a paddle, I'll, I'll usually go with cedar. If I'm building a canoe, usually cedar, kayaks are cedar it just depends on what i'm doing.
0: i mm-hmm. I've seen that. I've seen the picture where you built the uh, the kayak on on Instagram. I scrolled through you Was it on Instagram or yeah, I think it was.
1: It's probably Instagram, yeah.
0: Yeah. And so you just decided one day, okay, now I'm taking it to the next level and I build a boat.
1: Well, I was I was actually I was up by Intercity Mall and I saw somebody drive by with a cedar strip canoe on on their car and I thought, hey, that'd be neat. I'd like to build one of those. So mm. went home, got a plan and ordered the materials and uh, built one.
0: Okay. So you could build a Viking ship? No. No? Did you think <laughs> about this? Think
1: so. <laughs> I like watching the Vikings. <laughs> yes.
0: Would you be able to? Like, seriously? Uh,
1: I, I don't think it would be a stretch if you took it as a, if you were like an apprentice and you learned whatever you need to know as far as as putting one together because it's just it's just woodworking it's a bunch of small jobs that accumulate together to make one big job mm.
0: right yeah but how do you bend the wood
1: uh they probably i i bend the wood on a in a either a steam bender or a uh, actually i have half of a water tank with an element in it and i submerge like the ribs in the tank yeah and then uh, let them sit there for overnight and in the morning they'll bend like they just bend like crazy.
0: Oh, okay. So it's almost like spaghetti. They yeah. Get, yeah. They get more flexible over time.
1: More flexible. So either you use steam or you use hot water.
0: Mm. So you are able to alternate the shape of the wood that you work with.
1: Yeah, and it'll hold that shape basically because uh, it fits into two mortises in a in a half a semicircle, like in a semicircle mm. um, in the shape of for the canoe or the kayak. And it'll hold that. It'll hold that form when it dries.
0: Okay. Do you have to secure it? Like clamp it down or screw it in?
1: No, there's no screws involved. Um, so once the rib fits into a mortise, there's usually a drill, a small hole and uh, a very tiny dowel is, is dr- driven in to hold it there.
0: Ooh, that's fascinating. And it'll stay. Wow. And it's waterproof.
1: Yeah. The skin is uh, nylon and, uh, covered with a two-part epoxy, and it's sewn on.
0: Uh, it's sewn on?
1: With, uh, yeah, with an artificial sinew. Wow.
0: You do that by hand?
1: Yeah.
0: Holy! <laughs> takes about two days
1: to sew a kayak.
0: Wow. Like all day? Eight hours? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay. Wow. How's your hands after that?
1: Well, sometimes your hands get sore mm. because you're pulling on the on the sinew. That's why, like gloves, are a good idea, or some uh, tape around your fingers. Otherwise, they'll start to they start to
0: get raw. Okay. So allow me this question now that we talked about how you do it, but how did the ancient shipbuilder do it? Did, do you know by chance?
1: So I mean, if you're talking kayaks or you're talking shipbuilding, um, two I- completely different things. So if, we, if we talk about kayaks. They're basically, the techniques are basically the same now as they were um, years and years ago. The skin covering is different because they use like a a seal skin. And today we use uh, like a nylon. So we use a ballistic nylon uh, with a specific rating. Mm -hmm. And we sew that together with an artificial sinew, whereas they would use uh, like a a live, a true sinew, like a gut or... Yeah, uh, sinew from an animal.
0: Yes, wow! So fascinating that you like you can utilize what nature offers you to make the boat.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. And it's just the products that are available now are 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 produced by um, by man, so they are somewhat better and they're you generally easier to work with, mm-hmm. a little more forgiving.
0: Yeah. Okay. What do you mean by that? Like they're more stretchable.
1: Yeah, either either they don't break, or they're more stretchable, or more waterproof, or a mm. whole, whole host of different things that just make your life a lot easier as far as how to build it.
0: Okay, so because
1: they were they would work with um, knowledge that they gained for years and years and years. Whereas if you or I go to build it and we don't have any experience, well, we got to get a book or a video or take a class.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we don't have the skill base. Um, so generally the tools and the materials make up for some of that lack of knowledge and um, ready-made materials.
0: Yeah. Whew, wow. And now from your perspective, I have to bring this back to the boat, the Viking boat. Yeah. Yes. Honestly, I've been thinking to build one. As I'm just saying, but I, I have, I have no expertise and I would not be able to, I would make something that looks ridiculous, <laughs> but how did they make it waterproof the same way? Uh, I
1: didn't, haven't really done any research into that, but I'm, the planks would generally overlap and they would use, uh, probably some type of, um, sealant in between like a tar or something that was pliable. Mm. I, I'm not really hundred percent sure how that works, Yeah, but the closest you can get to it is in Grand Marais at North House Folk School. Do, do you know, Grand, like, you know, Grand Marais?
0: Yeah. It's like four hours from here. Right.
1: Well, no, no that's it's probably Sorry. an hour and yeah. a half. Yeah, it's My halfway bet. to Duluth. Yeah, yeah. So they offer courses in um, all kinds of boat building. Mm. And and that would bring you closer to that.
0: Mm. But then I have to build it.
1: Yeah. Then huge, you'd have to build
0: it. Yeah. And then I have to get a huge yeah. steamer.
1: <laughs> bring it back, sail it back.
0: <laughs> that that would be something. Just row it back. I call you up and yeah. say, hey, Pat, you're going to help me bring this boat home? <laughs> uh, wow yeah because i thought about for the kids right we are all stuck at home and we have a backyard and this is one area we don't really utilize much there's a bunch of stones and you know it's off the deck and i was thinking if there's some kind of device if it's a boat or whatever you know you they imagine any kind of play and it would be really good
1: you could probably get a plan for that especially if you're not going to put it in the water <laughs> It wouldn't have to be watertight.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't have to be. It would be just like you maybe yeah, just like pretend play. But yeah. it, the boat should look like really nice. Whew.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there's a plan out there for
0: that. Mm, yeah. Like Google or YouTube, I guess. How to build a yeah. Viking ship. Yeah. Mm. Is this how you sometimes find things, I guess?
1: Uh yeah, sometimes it generally um, don't really look for too much because I, I kind of know what I mm. what I am doing, and if there's something I don't, don't know, then I'll, I'll go to the internet or some of the books that I have.
0: Are there still things you don't know?
1: Oh, well, there's lots I don't know. Okay, wow. Lots.
0: The, so it must be really complex. In
1: um, well, like, even the uh, the kayak building, I haven't probably haven't built a kayak in you know four or five years. Um, but as soon as you start back into it, it all comes back. Mm. It's a little rusty for the first couple hours, but then it all comes back to you.
0: Okay, it's like a bicycle riding a bicycle. Yeah,
1: it's always in, it's in there.
0: Yeah, the hands warm up again. You feel it. You get it.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: So, what did you do with the the kayak you built?
1: Uh, I paddle them. I paddle. I paddle them all the time.
0: Oh, okay. You kept them. Yeah. Nice. Wow, that's exciting! I probably
1: have seven, seven or eight kayaks. Wow,
0: you you can do this the roll? No, oh,
1: I I've never really learned that. Okay, wow. Try and stay upright.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, once you go water rafting, you might have to. Might have to like I think they teach that just so in case you would do, then you know how to handle the situation.
1: Yeah, I probably should learn that, but. I just mm. never did.
0: Yeah. That's okay. Maybe one day. Who knows? Yeah. Wow. So you, you can pick one kayak for every single day of the day, of the week? Yeah, mm. pretty much. Okay. Do you give them names?
1: No. Ah. But the skin on boat kayaks that, I, that I've made are my favorite. The, I have a couple of fiberglass ones too, but the, the ones that I've made are, the, are, the, are they the fastest and the lightest. Wow!
0: They have fiberglass. You worked with fiberglass?
1: No, I've never worked with fiberglass. But I, I bought the fiberglass ones. That's before I started building them. Okay. Um, but now that I have both, I prefer to paddle the ones that I built.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it must feel really nice because it's something you created, and there's a, there's a connection to it.
1: And it's built for your body size too.
0: Oh, specifically? Yeah. Okay, so like lengthwise and seating area, Leng- I
1: guess? Lengthwise, seating area, um, how deep it sits in the water, how heavy you are, all that is calculated into your kayak and it fits you perfectly.
0: Mm. How do you make sure that with body weight, the, the kayak doesn't go down too much? How, how is that calculated in the building process?
1: Well, it depends on, on how narrow your boat is. And uh, if it's a little wider, it'll sit. It'll take up more water so it won't go down as deep. Mm. So it just depends on usually as wide as your waist. And then a, a fist on each side more. That gives you basically the width of your kayak. Okay. And um, and then three arm length, three to four arm lengths uh, full Arm lengths from one side to the other will give you the length of your kayak,
0: okay. and
1: um, and that should sit stable in the water.
0: So when you build a, if you would build a ca- kayak for somebody else, you would have to. It's just like going to a tailor and get custom pants. In a way, you get a custom kayak.
1: Yeah, you'd have to. It would take probably four or five hours, and maybe three hours. And by the time you get all the measurements straightened out. Wow. And um, specific for that individual.
0: Mm-hmm. That's beautiful.
1: Yeah. How- that's what's so nice about it.
0: Yes. Yeah. Because you can't, like, everything is unicized nowadays, right? For those.
1: Yeah. You go to the store and you just buy one that's 17 feet long and mm. hope for the, best.
0: <laughs> for the best. Yes. It's true. Now you that you say that, I've never thought about this this way. And then you, you get the measurements, you get that done, and then how long does it take you to build the masterpiece?
1: Uh, so if if I'm paying attention, like if, I, if I'm doing it consistently, it will probably take me 10 days, 8 to 10 days. Uh, now, if I build one, probably take me 14, 15 days because I haven't been doing it mm-hmm. uh, for a while. Wow. But basically, once you're... Uh, Back on track, it's about eight days, Mm -hmm. eight, nine days.
0: Okay. So I have to ask, and you you can just, you know, it might be not the best question, but it's like, is that one of your favorite things to build watercrafts? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Canoes or kayaks, It the cedar strip or the skin on frame would probably be my favorite.
0: Okay. Why is that?
1: Um... I don't know. It's just something about building uh, building a boat and then, paddle, you know, building your paddle and your boat mm. and paddling it, right? Yeah. So
0: it's the freedom?
1: You, the freedom. And you didn't go to the store for anything except maybe wherever you got the wood. Mm. And your wow. nylon maybe.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's amazing. Where would you go and get the wood?
1: Uh, well, the cedar, the cedar, you can get just about, uh, anywhere. Um, usually you, you try not to get the kiln dried. Um, I usually go to like lappy lumber or somebody that cuts cedar in the, in the bush mm. and it's still green. So I'll let it dry for, you know, six or seven months. And so wow. there still has a fairly high moisture content and then you can still bend, uh, the, the kayak to shape because it has a lot of moisture in the wood. And then it dries out by itself as it's
2: being built. Wow!
0: So you have to. So in my mind, then this means you have to have always stock somewhere in your warehouse or shop available for orders coming in. In the way, then otherwise it says because you just said seven, six, seven, eight months, right?
1: Yeah. Well, you can you could start working with it right away. But it's just generally I don't get around to it. I wouldn't get around to it probably for six or seven months. If I don't really build kayaks for anybody else. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, whatever I'm doing is just what I want.
0: Okay, that makes sense. What is the difference in getting the, the wood? Yeah, I know you use the proper terms, but I don't understand. So you somebody cuts it in the bush in Lapi compared to in the shop down here, big merchandise. How, how, what's the difference?
1: In a, in a big box store, it would be killed and dried. And so most or a lot of the moisture has been removed from the molecules in the wood. And uh, the wood that I would get from, say, lappy lumber, it hasn't been killed and dried. It might be air dried, but there's always a certain amount of moisture that is locked in the molecule in the wood. And it can't be, it can't be taken out unless you kill and dry it. So it, it will always be there. It'll only air dry to a certain point. And then, you know, it's, it's good to use from then on, ah, always.
0: So does that mean, like, it would last longer?
1: It will be easier to work with. And the last, it would last probably the same length of time as uh, wood from Home Depot. It's just you have trouble, you would have trouble bending the stuff from Home Depot because the moisture has been removed from it.
0: Ah, okay. Interesting. That's a good explanation. I like that. You're welcome. Mm. Okay. Well, we covered the boats. Are you? Are you? So, are you going out every weekend? Is that? Are you doing that? Because you are. You You're not only building boats and all the other stuff you do with crafts. You also. You. You know there was a post about triathlons.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I was registered for an Ironman in um, Mount Tromblon, but that was in twenty twenty. 20- for 2020 and then so I started training in January and then covid hit and yes. so they it just didn't happen. So I didn't uh, they sent my money back so I'm not registered for 2021. Mm. I don't know whether it will actually even happen in 2021.
0: Yeah, I know. We got just the message today kids are not going back to school. For right, now, for now. So we had to tell Albus, "Hey, you know what?" Not just yet. So it was a little bit sad, but you know we got to do what we got to do. Yeah. So that's it. But you you you've competed, right? Isn't in a way?
1: Uh, Yeah, I've competed lots lots in triathlons are probably my favorite uh, race to compete in. Ah. Um, Because there are three events and it's easier on your body. I mean, you're working your body harder in with the three events, but it's easier on the different parts of your body because you one, at one point you're swimming then you're biking then you're running so mm. it's not like constantly running or constantly biking
0: yeah you you change it up but it's very yeah. tactical and very intense because it's three different sports in one
1: yeah I enjoy the lines.
0: I've never done it I, I thought about it because I yeah, well, you know I sorry. sorry go ahead
1: uh, well I, I was just going to say there's there's usually lots of them around like you can go to Duluth or we have a we have one here that my at, um, on the sleeping giant yes exterra yes and um you don't have to go too far to find them
0: mm-hmm. that's and that's a qualifier too it's official you go there and you it's qualify. a qualifier
1: yes it for is Hawaii.
0: yes yeah yeah it's amazing right here you
1: yeah and you see some pretty good competitors come in
0: mm-hmm Oh. With,
1: with really good equipment
0: oh yeah like twenty thousand dollar bikes
1: yeah Shit. Big, big money bikes
0: <sighs> yeah what do you think about that do you think it makes a difference
1: uh i i think it probably does if you're competing at that level then you have to have all of every second counts
0: so, mm, big um, point
1: the the better the bike if it cuts seven seconds off, that might make the difference between you qualifying and not qualifying. So that's crazy for me. It doesn't really make that much difference.
2: Mm.
1: I mean, I still have good equipment, but I don't have it so that I can qualify for something.
0: Yeah. But do you want to, would you
1: want to qualify? I'm probably not. I'm really not that competitive. I don't think I'd like to compete uh, at that level. Okay. I mean, I probably, I, I couldn't anyway, but mm. um I just uh, I enjoy the race itself, and if it happens that uh, I'm competing against someone, you know, in the final one kilometer, then okay, yeah, well, let's compete. But otherwise, I just enjoy the race.
0: Yeah, as you you saying you're competing with yourself. Yeah, pretty much. Yes.
1: But you see, on in the triathlon, your age is on the back of your leg, oh. so you know who's in your age group.
0: Okay, it's like, like forty. So if you
1: come up behind somebody that's in your age group, then.
0: Now, now it's a race. Now it's a game on. <laughs> game on.
1: <laughs>
0: yes, yes. Ah, oh, I like that. But even like you know, you think you're younger, you know, youthful people, like even younger than me. You know, they. I'm thirty six. They see me hustling hard, and I'm just like giving up almost, and then they just pass me. That must be motivation too, right? That, that we have a greater purpose. Sometimes then we know.
1: It's it's motivating to to race with other people, yeah, for mm. sure. And in a triathlon, you you end up with the people that are your speed, pretty much.
0: Okay. Like,
1: you'll end up with the in the swimming that you you'll end up with people that are your speed. In the biking, you'll end up with them, and then in the final in the run, you will you will end up racing against somebody that's your mm. your pace.
0: Wow. Is, it, is what is how do you like the transitions?
1: Transitions are good. Um, <laughs> you should practice. we practice them. Yeah. We do practice them.
0: Yeah. Yes okay. But how I fast can imagine.
1: you get your runners on and off?
0: And- yeah. Because you have those clip ons, right, for the bike? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: clip ons and yeah, we practice that quite a bit actually.
0: I can imagine. And I'm I'm fascinated by this. So, what is the, what is your average change time?
1: <laughs> a couple of minutes usually. Yeah. By the time you get out of the water and and you know get your wetsuit off and
0: do you have to race? Get
1: your shoes on.
0: Yeah, you have. Sorry? You have. What comes after the swim? Is it the bike? Right.
1: Swim, bike, run. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you have your race, um, your bike pants underneath the wetsuit. You do. Yeah. In that- an
1: Ironman, they'll allow you to go into a. Privacy tent and change, mm. so you can change completely out of your wetsuit and into a dry pair of shorts. So you have a privacy tent. But in the smaller races, uh, you just basically wear your tri suit underneath your uh, wetsuit.
0: Yeah, makes kind of sense because then you get cold and then you want to paddle faster,
1: <laughs> and you want to get moving. Yeah, <laughs> yes, doesn't it? <laughs> it does.
0: Yeah. Wow. How many did you did you compete? How, how many of your races?
1: Uh, how many races? I don't know. Probably 100, maybe? What? 50, 75. Lots. Wow. Years. Wow.
0: Did this come along when, at the same age, you went to the college? Or how did you get into that?
1: Yeah. When I was at the college, then we started doing... Because uh, we used to have triathlons here in town. It was uh, it was around Boulevard and
2: uh, oh.
1: out Lakeshore Drive. So I, I did those every year. And then we go to Duluth and out towards Winnipeg and uh, just do whatever triathlons we could get our hands on. Mm.
0: What's your favorite swimming?
1: Uh, Swimming is uh, it's really, I find that really easy.
0: Okay. Um,
1: So it doesn't, uh, it doesn't tax me at all. Mm. Not at all. I actually swim faster and, I swim, bike, and, well, I'm probably not run, but I swim and bike faster than I did years ago.
0: Oh, wow. Nice. You just get
1: a little more efficient and uh, mm. better equipment, plus uh, some training. Yeah. But the swimming is probably, of the three events, it's the easiest. is probably one of my favorite, too. But there's nothing quite like getting on a fast bike and, mm. and going.
0: Yeah. Do you, so, are you training then in the winter too?
1: Uh, well, we can't get into the pool at the complex, so um, I don't know. We're not really training much swimming, but we're we're doing the biking and the running.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, so in the pool, we'll we'll train how to. You train how to draft behind someone. So mm-hmm. right now, they don't really want two people in the same lane, so you can't train. The drafting, which means you're only inches behind somebody else, and you get in their turbulence, and it's easier to swim. Right? It's like drafting on a bike.
0: Yes, there's less resistance.
1: Yeah, there's less resistance.
0: Yeah, interesting. That's really closer. You got to watch those feet.
1: Well, if if the person you're drafting behind is constant, then that that's good. Uh So when I get into a race, um, I find somebody that's a little bit faster than me and a pretty straight swimmer. Mm. And then I'll just get in behind them and draft them for whatever the mile or half mile, whatever it is.
0: How is that possible? There's just like 100 people and they all start at the same time. How do you find somebody to go with?
1: Uh, after about the first 100 meters, because most people start off too fast, they stop swimming and they they start with their head up just starting to breathe. And that's usually when I pass all those people and uh, find somebody that's a little bit faster than me. Ah. And then I just get right in behind them and stay there. Wow.
0: That's experience, right?
1: Yeah. Wow. Most people start off too fast.
0: It's true. It's very hard to control because there's this urge. Everybody else does it. There's excitement. It's hard.
1: Yeah. I usually let the crowd go. And after about 300 meters, I settled in somewhere.
0: Mm. Wow. What do you? How do you breathe? You do um, this one, right? The, how does it call yeah. it in English?
1: Every fourth stroke or every third stroke. Oh wow! You do every stroke. fourth depends on that. how yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: how wavy it is. Powerhouse. Mm. Yeah.
0: That's that's really good breathing. Then you got this under control.
1: Yeah.
0: Anything we, over- we
1: practice it lots.
0: Yeah. I, I I I did my share of swimming. Like anything above three, it's it's, 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 it's good breathing. You know, you can push. If yourself. you're
1: relaxed, it's uh, it goes pretty good.
0: Yeah, I guess so. And it's open. And then you
1: have a wetsuit on too. So uh, with a wetsuit, you're you're very buoyant. You're about 25 percent more buoyant, and it's a lot easier to swim.
0: Oh, okay. Whew. How long is the swim?
1: Uh it depends on I guess on what you're doing. The usually the ones I do the Olympic triathlons mostly. And they're uh, well, fifteen hundred meters.
0: Mm. To swim, yeah. I hated those. Like we did a thousand meters. You could do the eight hundred, and the guys would do one thousand two hundred. Yeah. And you know, I hated doing one thousand two hundred because you had to count all the laps.
2: Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> and then, if but they eventually they had people who would show them underwater what lane, what how many more. Right. Yeah, but it's really hard to, when you are l- swimming long distance, I really find it hard indoors, in lanes, to be aware of how many and t- to motivate yourself. When I was younger, maybe it, that's now it would be different.
1: It is quite a bit different now because I, I wear a garment and I don't have to count laps. Oh, you that's just, nice. You know that probably in a half an hour you've done X number of meters, you look at your watch and You know, you've done a thousand meters, or you've done eight
0: hundred meters. Which one do you wear? Uh,
1: Garmin. um, I don't what eight. I'm not sure what the model is, but it it does. It's a triathlon. Yeah. Does
0: nine thirty five?
1: Yeah, I think it is a nine thirty
2: five.
0: Yeah, that one is good. I like that. I looked at that one, and then I decided I I got, I picked up myself the the Phoenix Five. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I just thought it. With the maps, I thought maybe it works better for me, but whatever, it doesn't really make a difference.
1: But that'll uh, that will solve the problem of the accounting, how far you've gone. And then if you're swimming open water and you're training, then at least you know how much you've done. Mm-hmm. You
2: know
1: you've gone because uh, you've been training for an Ironman. You're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna train up in that fifteen hundred to two thousand meter range for sure. So it's good to have a watch. <sighs>
0: That's like an hour more, right? How long is that?
1: Uh, oh, yeah. You'd be in there an hour, mm. an hour and change.
0: What do you think about when you do this?
1: <laughs> <laughs> one, two, one, two, three, four, breathe.
0: <laughs> okay. You I have it, things in control, I guess?
1: Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. My swimming has improved lots. Like It's improved um, to the point where I, I can swim the full... Two miles without, like, without stopping, uh, while you have a wetsuit on, and and, uh, and when you get out of the water, you're not out of breath. It's just a matter of being efficient mm. and um, and and not having a lot of waves to compete with and nobody kicking at you. So if you can find a clear lane mm-hmm. and it's relatively calm, it's not. It's really not that bad.
0: So in a way, swimming is warm up, constant, easy effort
1: yeah mm. and, and you don't kick very hard because you're gonna need your legs for a bike. Ah,
0: good call. What you, obviously you know your heart rate then too, right? What are you aiming at?
1: Uh, I know my heart rate exactly when I'm uh, training, so I'll uh, generally not train by speed when I run or swim. It's all trained by heart rate, but I don't check my hurry when I swim, but I know pretty much know what it is.
0: Mm. like 150.
1: Uh, probably closer to 130,
0: 135. Oh, okay, nice. That's awesome. But keep
1: it fairly low. Otherwise, you're, you're going to get exhausted.
0: With mm. And then bike? W- what are you aiming there?
1: Uh, about 118, 120, um, oh, wow. 125. And then if it's hilly, depends on what it's what, what you're up against.
0: Mm. And the run? And the
1: run? Um, I usually... If I'm training, I'll run about one, uh, one, thirty to one forty, and if I'm racing, I'll race at one fifty to one sixty.
0: Okay. Oh wow! You so you, in a way the running is really like the end, right? You 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 yeah. get it together, and this is it.
1: And in the last kilometer, the last kilometer, the last mile, I run at uh, one seventy, and, and that's I know that I can do that for one mile, and uh-huh. that's about it.
0: Okay, that's crazy. Yeah. At- so I don't
1: really run. I have no idea what the speed is, but uh, I know exactly what my heart rate is, and I set an alarm on my Garmin so mm-hmm. that when I hit one sixty-seven or one seventy, it goes off, and then I don't go above that because I I'll just run out of steam.
0: Yeah. Wow. So that's really good. I like that.
1: It's a great way to train because you're not uh, you're not trying to hit a specific speed.
0: Yeah, I try to run. 5K under 20 minutes.
1: Yeah, that's a
0: fast 5K. It is, and it's, but it's not the fastest by any means, no. right? It's just like whatever everybody does that maybe, but it takes it takes training, and because I say this now, because when I was training for it and test running for it and I, accomplishing it, I always was looking at the pace. I was not looking at heart rate at all. And that's probably not the smartest thing to do.
1: <laughs> it's just how you, you can do either one, right? You can, I just, I train with a heart rate. And I don't really train with a pace. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever the pace ends up being, that that's okay. Yeah. But I know my heart rate better than I know my pace.
0: Yeah. Would you be, would you be lost without the watch or would you be able to tell nowadays?
1: Um, I've been using a watch for years, so I think I would miss it, but... I can pretty much tell what my heart rate is,
2: yeah, um,
1: just by feel. Yeah, but you- it's nice to have the watch because it's exact.
0: Mm-hmm. And you, ha- you have the the strap.
1: Um, you don't really need the strap anymore. You probably have that on your watch as well, but it sends the signal through your wrist. Yes. If you're swimming, though, they recommend a, like a waterproof strap to go with your Garmin. Although I, I don't use that. I because I
0: don't worry about my heart rate too much in the pool. Mm. Okay. So are you into ice bathing too?
1: No, I haven't done that. I've never done that.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm just checking because, you know, you never know. And then usually I ask too, because I'm fascinated by this, especially now with sport and like the mastering of a, the craftsmanship. Do you meditate?
1: no i do yoga every morning but i don't meditate
0: okay yeah i personally think yoga is like meditation in a way
1: it it kind of is yeah uh yin yoga i i enjoy that yoga every morning i really do
0: Mm. so this like for half an hour you 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 do your thing
1: yeah about half an hour and then I'll, i'll stretch specific muscles uh after that to make sure that um you know i'm ready for running or biking or swimming
0: do you train every day
1: um usually either either we swim bike or run yeah
0: yeah because you alternate don't
1: do much on sundays
0: sundays is off
1: sundays is off
0: sundays you do you lift all the lumber (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jobs around the house. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Some days this needs to be done. That's right. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So you enjoy the active lifestyle then, I guess. I do. I really do. Mm. Why is that?
1: Um, I don't know. It just, it keeps me, I think it keeps me young and, and I enjoy the, uh, you know, going to the races and, with our friends that we have and people that say the same people show up at the races all the time, pretty much from different uh, parts of Canada and the U S so you get to know other people. Yes. Um, it's a, so it's a lifestyle and it's uh camaraderie and uh, just hanging out with people that are like-minded.
0: Mm-hmm. So on any given day, sometimes you just bike to Quebecer, I guess.
1: Yeah. Usually I'll bike to, Mike to Quebec, uh, you know, three four times a week. Wow!
0: It's about an hour there and an hour back. That's not too bad. You have ice cream when you're there, right?
1: Yeah, there's a good ice cream shop there. (laughs) Yes, there you go. I knew
0: it. (sighs) And then you have, do you have this fancy helmet that's super aerodynamic?
1: No, I don't have one of those.
0: Okay. You've been thinking about it?
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. No, I don't have one of those.
0: Mm, okay, are they really worth it? I guess.
2: I I don't know.
1: I don't know if I if it's going to give me a couple of extra seconds. I don't know if it's mm. worth it. But I I have a feeling they might be very hot because it doesn't seem to be any air that flows through them ah. because they're completely enclosed. Whereas mine's got a bunch of holes in it that allows the air to flow through, it keeps me cool. Mm. It's probably resistant. Uh, resists uh, some of the oncoming wind, but the couple of seconds aren't going to make any difference to my finishing time.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you heard about this race in in the circle, right? Speed biking, and you are yeah. you are, you don't you are not allowed to bring any technology, but you have an hour and you have to get the distance, and you have to know what certain percentage of wattage you can hold. To accomplish it, it's, it's very complex, and not a lot of people can do it.
1: No, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Really. Okay,
0: well, yeah, I, I if I would know the name, maybe I find it later and I let you know. Because th- there's this there's this challenge where you know, in a certain time frame, you have to do a certain amount of laps, but it's only possible if you can hold a certain wattage a certain time.
2: Oh,
1: on your bike. Yes. Right. <sighs> I no, I've, I've never heard of that.
0: Okay. What What do you do for the wattage then? What do you, what do you, how do you water?
1: Usually there's, there's a meter that you can put on, I think it's on your pedal, but I don't, I don't have that. Okay. So I don't know what my watt output is. Ah. I know what my cadence, I'll know my cadence, but uh, mm-hmm. I won't know the energy output.
0: But... Yeah. Okay interesting you know i i train on downstairs on the basement in on a on a bike trainer like i have a road bike and it's on a on a spinner and i uh like it tells me the wattage because the bike trainer does (coughs) it's like two i like i'm usually around 200 warming up is like 160 170 180 then it's 200 and then up to 230 if i if i can hold like average 236 for an hour that's like kind of that's a good day
1: now that sounds good
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's nice but it like then it also tells me like when i cannot get there and i know i could that i'm overtraining right mm-hmm.
1: can you do you get the wattage uh, reading when you're on your road bike on the road
0: no, I didn't opt to get the sensor. I was just like. The sensor, yeah. Yeah, I didn't do it. Yeah. I, I cheaped out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I didn't get the sensor
0: either. Yeah, I was just like, if I'm. Because mostly I do it inside now. Winter is like six months. Yeah. And in the summer, if I go, I usually go on the trails out in uh, Silver. What is it? Like the. the up on. Um, Sibley? no right it's by boulevard Island. lake into over the highway and then into the shunya mines there you Centennial. go yeah shunya yeah. mines yeah. Mm, yeah i like that that's kind of cool so that's that's
1: mountain biking
0: yeah it is but it's it's i got a fat bike and it's kind of cool yeah have you ever tried
1: it's from no i've never well i've i've ridden one but i've never i've never owned a fat bike mm
0: mm-hmm. mhm yeah. Two, three years ago. I got
1: no more no more room for bikes. <laughs> I respect that. That's okay.
0: Two, three years ago, a friend of mine said, Hey, try my bike, and I tried it and I was hooked. It's just like there's no suspension on the bike. There's the big tires and it's just I feel so connected. It's so good.
1: Yeah, that's a it's an upcoming sport, that fat biking, I'll tell you. And a lot of guys ride them in the winter.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
1: But I've never, I've never, I tried it once, but I, I've never bought, I've never bought one.
0: Yeah, you can rent them too. Like yeah. R- Rolling Thunder that you, you can rent them there. So let's talk about commissions. You do that too, right? For your amazing woodwork. Yeah. Is that the proper term?
1: Uh, Yeah, I I suppose. Yeah, you know, people call me up and ask me to make something specific, and uh, I'll give them a price, and that's a commission for sure.
0: Mm, Okay. And now you also have things that are like very mm, you, right? So spoons. This is like this is this is something people recognize and say, "Hey, this is this is you." I
1: think so. Yeah. Yeah. Those and those Lake Superior boards that uh, Cheese Encounter sell. Yeah, it's beautiful. Sweet North.
0: How do you... Why are the woods... Allow me to ask this, and I'm I'm the amateur, but like you see here, you see the beautiful grains, right? It doesn't... But like... So is that one piece or how does this all work? Can you break it down for us?
1: Sure. Those are uh, individual strips that are glued together okay so they're about an inch and a quarter they start out at an inch and a quarter inch and a half high and about three quarters inches wide and then i uh i plane them all down so they're nice and level and glue them together and then cut them out in the shape of lake superior so there's probably uh 12 individual strips that comprise the uh the lake superior board
0: wow how do you get the cut so perfect
1: i cut them with a with a, a scroll saw and a bandsaw. So, mostly with a scroll saw
0: okay and i'm you you got to break this down for me this is like is it a hand tool or is it like a device
1: it's a power that's a power tool so a scroll saw has a very fine blade that um, is driven by a motor and rotates on a wheel and so it will cut uh, and allow you to make turns uh small circular circle turns and uh, you can cut out a shape like that pretty easily
0: wow i can like this is hand cut then there's no
1: well it's cut with a power with a power um, scroll saw
0: Yeah, sorry my my phrasing is yeah. wrong but i mean it's free cut it's not like you put it somewhere and you say cut this for me and you program something no you do it you're yeah? right
1: no, I didn't. I don't cut it on my CNC machine. I probably could, um, but I trace it with a template and then follow the lines mm-hmm. that I've made.
0: Yeah, I have experience with that. I thought I thought the line is straight, but it's not. So, I huge applause for you doing this so nicely. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. Like this is this is really special, and I, I love it. it was, wow. How did you come up with this?
1: um it wasn't it wasn't my idea so the brewery uh, sleeping giant brewery asked me if i could make one like that and so i said well yeah i guess so <laughs> so i went home and uh, you know got a picture like superior and uh, drew it out did a couple of prototypes before uh, we settled on on the final for size and shape and wood combination and then they started selling them in their brewery
0: okay how do you seal it
1: uh that's sealed with um like a watco butcher block oil finish that uh, is food safe and it penetrates into the wood i put a couple of coats on and uh, mm. it hardens up so that uh, you can actually cut on it and it would it'll still be end up being food safe okay and then the wood is all hardwood so it doesn't The any cut marks don't go that deep, Mm. so that's why I use hardwood in them all,
0: yes. And this is a very amateur question, I guess. But the hardwood, what is the difference between softwood and hardwood? Why is hardwood so much better?
1: Well, it's the the fibers, whatever way I don't, I would have to really kind of look it up for a technical explanation. But the wood is harder and resists the uh the knife cutting through the individual um molecular strands in the grain yeah. and the softwood will allow a knife to cut deeper easily and that means that just leaves an opening for food and bacteria to get in so i prefer to use a, a hardwood which is actually harder so maple is the is the true hardwood that's the best for any cutting board
0: huh. why is it not birch
1: Birch is good. Birch is hard, very hard too. You can use uh, birch, and it's readily available. So, um, not enough people use birch. It's less expensive than maple. It kind of looks the same. It has a bit of different grain, but uh, mm. it's a very economical alternative to uh, maple. Yeah. And actually, in those uh, like superior boards, there's uh, there's always pieces of birch in there mixed in with the maple.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah. Like I really like I did my own firewood for a long time, and you know, birch trees are just the way to go. Yeah, the the amount how they are, like the wood, how it feels—you can tell there's a difference.
1: And it's it's a it's local too, so you can always get it mm. um, close
0: by. Okay, wow,
1: and less expensive than maple so
0: And so this, you would just buy at the lumber shop too? The two by four of birch? Uh, Yeah, I don't don't
1: shop too much at the lumber shop. Um, Lappy lumber. Yeah, that's what I meant. Guys that cut in the bush. uh, Sometimes I'll come across a maple tree somebody's taken down and I'll get it cut up at uh, Uh, one of the lumber mills. One of the personal, you know, the guys that have the lumber mills.
0: So you must have a big, big trailer then.
1: Um, Yeah, or I get somebody to move it for me.
0: Mm. Or they
1: cut it up into four-foot lengths or um, small, usable, workable pieces that you can lift and carry.
0: Mm. And everything is reusable then too, right? You make a cut here and there, and then you can still use it again.
1: Yeah, everything's reusable, and especially if you're making a spoon, you don't need a whole lot of material.
0: Mm. So let's talk about this. Now with the spoon... You so how much do you start with? Is it like, like a two by four?
1: Two two usually two inches wide and uh, at least an inch thick. Okay. And then I'll uh, plane them down and then run them. Run that whole thing through my CNC machine so it cuts the profile. It'll cut the uh, the scoop out mm-hmm. and uh, it'll do the engraving. So it does most of it.
0: Okay, and this is by a a metal blade or something, right?
1: Yeah, cutters, bunch Mm. of different cutters. I used to do them by hand, except for the engraving, and it was just uh, other than having its intrinsic value of yeah, I made something. It's just a lot of work.
0: Yeah, I've seen like in car shops, they have sometimes they have a machine that cuts with water, high pressure on metal plates.
1: Yeah, so that might be a laser cutter. Ah, or um, okay. or well, um, uh, like a, a torch. You might have a torch. Yeah, okay. I don't. I haven't used those at all.
0: Yeah, because with wood that wouldn't work, right? No, you can use a
1: laser and to to burn in um, a, a profile if you if you'd like or lettering.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, and I, there's an attachment that'll go on my machine to do that. But basically, I'm using uh, bits like router bits that mount in the uh, in the collet.
0: Okay. And speaking about the fire and the burning, I've came across, I don't know where, but it used to, you would burn one side of a certain wood for building materials and then it's waterproof or resistance or it's like, it would have the same effect as like treated lumber on that side. Is that correct?
1: I, I don't know. I'm really not sure about that. Ah. Uh. Okay. Yeah, I don't know anything about that at all. Hmm. That's good.
0: You know, you just say I don't know. And that's that's I like that because why say something if it's if you don't know about it? <laughs> <laughs> so, what did you make with all that dough you pressed in that big dough press?
1: Um, we made some pizza, uh, pizza dough that we used um to to make pizza on a night. But I found that the 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 press actually squeezed most of the air out of the dough, and mm. it, it was very hard. So we typically haven't been using it for pizza, um, but you can use it for um, like for flatbreads and stuff that, that are supposed to come out a little harder. Yeah, cookies? Um, but for pizza, we roll them out by hand now.
0: Okay. What about cookies?
1: I don't know if it'll do cookies. I bet you it would. Yeah.
0: Cookies are good, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> we could try it.
0: Yeah. There's this famous YouTuber. He built himself an Oreo cookie dispenser in his shop. And he's like a handyman. Do you have that in your shop too? No. Okay.
1: <laughs> no cookie dispenser.
0: <laughs> Is that because you are um, conscious of your training and the diet you follow? Or do you enjoy sometimes a good Oh No,
1: I like cookies, but I just don't have a dispenser.
0: Okay. Right. Why You don't really need it, right? You have hands and no. I have hands. We can just eat them like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. I love it. <sighs> okay. So you did also those... Um, I don't know how to call this, but you know the proper term where you have the glasses in it, right?
1: Oh, yeah, for the beer flights.
0: Mm. That's amazing. I was
1: doing, doing those for the brewery. Yeah. Sticking giant brewery. But they haven't—they haven't ordered any of those for me for like probably over a year. Mm. And then I was having—I was having trouble getting the right-sized uh, glasses to fit the holes. Uh, I mean, I haven't done a whole lot of research to find another supplier, but um, I did run out, and the supplier that I had wasn't carrying that specific size anymore. So yeah, I, I just haven't made them for quite a while.
0: It must be crazy right now with the pandemic. Have you seen the price of wood lately? I guess you have. Yeah, it's through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. So how is that impacting you in a way?
1: Um, I'm buying most of my stuff local. So uh, I guess the guys that uh, have the little the mills uh, around town don't really feel the same pressure. I guess they're getting their lumber. Mm. Are their raw materials probably still at a pretty good price? So it hasn't really reached um, that far where those guys are charging lots yeah. more now. But the big box stores are—that's for sure.
0: I've seen the price of hundred dollars for like three quarters of plywood or something.
1: Yeah, Buy three three quarter eight eight by so four by eight sheet of plywood cost you hundred bucks.
0: That's a lot. Yeah, it's crazy that's because there's a shortage in, or high demand i guess so yeah. yeah
1: shortage and maybe they everybody needs it so they charge more mm. wow high
0: demand would you have thought that would ever happen that would become so valuable
1: uh well a lot of the things that have happened in the last year i never thought would happen so it's a chain reaction <laughs> right and yes I've got busier than I thought I would be and wood has gotten more expensive than I thought it would be. So mm.
0: That's good.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've, sometimes, you know, I sit with Lisa, the kids are in bed and, you know, I'm I'm thinking to myself, it's a crazy world in we are in right now with everything yeah. going on. It's absolutely, I would have never thought this would have happened just like you said.
1: I don't get kind of tired of myself.
0: mm mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Hopefully it will be over soon. Yeah. Okay, I got one more question here for you. Sure. I've seen that you do also make paddles.
1: I love making paddles. Mm. There's, a, there's a, there are a lot of fun to make. I, uh, initially, I took a course at North House Boat School in Grand Marais. Uh, a good friend of mine teaches there. And uh, so I've been making paddles uh, for probably 10 or 15 years. And um, it's just great to paddle your own canoe or kayak with uh, with a paddle that you made.
0: Yeah. It, are they difficult? Because it has to be perfection, right, in a way?
1: They're they're not really that difficult to make. So if you take it out and you paddle with it and it doesn't feel quite right, well, you can take it back. And as long as there's more material you can take off, you can change it. Mm. You can't really add anything. But.
0: Yeah. And there's a sense of... um the correct shape has to be in place.
1: Yeah. There's specific guidelines that you follow in order to make a paddle that'll be functional. Mm-hmm. So those are those are standard and and you, you would use them on pretty much every paddle. So okay. There's patterns that you follow and guidelines.
0: Did you ever experiment a little bit?
1: Um pretty much I follow a the pattern that I'm supposed to serve so for dimensions. Mm. Um, but, you know, you can make it a little longer, a little shorter, depending on your, your stroke. So a kayak paddle is completely different from a canoe paddle, but yeah. um, basically they're doing the same job.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I have, I have experimented a little bit um, with different woods. Usually they'll make them out of cedar, but I did make one paddle out of uh, walnut, cherry and maple. And it's, it's probably way too heavy, but it's beautiful. Ah, uh, yes.
0: But it's the right kind of device for the guy who wants or the girl who really wants to get a workout in.
1: Yeah. Well, it's never really been in the water. Ah uh,
0: <laughs> Yes. That's okay. Uh, yeah. Mm. Some people paint them even too, right?
1: Yeah. The yeah, they the paint, they might be tough with paint, it might peel on you mm. unless you got it completely waterproof um but um yeah some people
2: paint them for sure yeah
0: it's beautiful i love it what else did i miss you have a lot of tools i guess specific i have a lot of tools yeah is that okay is that okay with everybody or is that sometimes like oh i talked to kaylee he is he has a lot of cameras. He's he's into photos and m- shooting movies. Absolutely amazing, and he calls it the gas syndrome, the gear acquisition syndrome.
1: <laughs> I don't know what you call it, but I, I must have it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. So and that's okay, right? Because you use it.
1: Yeah, I, I use. Them. If you're uh, if you're running a business, then you you have to have good tools, right? Yeah.
0: Is it are they? easy to get, because some are very specific, right?
1: Yeah, they're very specific, and and I have places that I order from, so they're not really that hard to get, but uh, generally very expensive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So stuff is pretty expensive. Yeah.
0: Okay. Do you feel like you're... Correct me if I'm mistaken, but your trade, what you do, you feel like it's getting... There's more light on it than ever before again. It's like people... Uh, engaging more of this kind of stuff now.
1: I think so. I think uh, probably the what's happened in the last year is, you know, made people um, step back and you know purchase locally. So most of what I I get, I don't ship anything out of town anymore. So it's all local, locally. Uh, generated and purchased uh, products. So awesome. I do find that there are a lot of people looking for stuff that's made in locally made in Thunder Bay.
0: Yeah. It doesn't get better than this really. Like,
1: yeah. Like And there's some great, uh, there's some great crafters and talented uh, woodworkers and metal workers, and jewelry. There's, there's just tons of stuff available in this town.
0: Mm-hmm. It's endless. Really?
1: It's endless. Yeah.
0: Mm. Wow. So, one last one now, if anybody is interested into getting to know what you do like this kind of work, what would you recommend them to where to start if they wouldn't go to the college or take a specific course
1: um i I guess YouTube has just about everything you need to. Uh, learn woodworking so mm. i mean i've watched a couple of videos but i wanted to check on something specific and um you're, you're always learning when you watch uh, videos and they're they're well done and the people that are putting them up are knowledgeable so you can go right from beginner to basically expert and everything in between so that's where i would start if i was brand new at it okay or try and find someone that's, uh, you know, a friend that has some woodworking knowledge and they can get you started.
0: Yeah, good one. you do carvings too?
1: Uh, no, I don't. I don't do carvings. Never? Um, the only carving I've done is on spoons. Uh-huh. And uh, I enjoyed it, but I found that it to produce anything to sell took too long. But okay. Just for the, the the sheer enjoyment. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I enjoyed making them.
0: Yeah. I bring this back to the Viking boat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can tell I'm interested in it.
1: Yeah, I can tell. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So, who, what would be your name if you would be in the show and the and the in the Vikings? You said you watched it, you enjoyed it. Would you be? Who would you? Uh, be? I guess
1: I'd be the boat builder.
0: You would be, eh? Yeah, I love it. I so. Yeah. You like? There's must. When you take a piece of wood in your hands and you feel it, is it, is, do you, are you connecting with it?
1: Yeah, you know, like I'll, I'll have um, some of the trees that I, I managed to get my hands on, like maples that were cut down. And so they're cut into uh, squares, rounds, two feet by um, whatever dimension the tree was. So then I'll cut that into different... Uh, Dimensions and and make a spoon out of it, so it come comes right from the tree. Never seen a store, <sighs> hasn't seen a uh, anybody has dimensioned it other than me. So mm. I I do feel a connection to to the wood, that's for sure. Yeah, it's beautiful.
2: Yeah,
0: because I remember, in, and this is just from the show, but I actually believe in that. Like the the character looks at the big tree and he says, "Oh, this tree is going to be perfect for this boat." In a way where you are able to tell the way the tree is,
1: the way it grows. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Actually, for some of the components of a kayak, if it's uh, if it's bent, if you find something that's or a notch in from a branch, you'll cut that piece out and, and use it for a specific uh, purpose within the kayak. Because then you don't have to bend it; it's already oh. it already has the bend in it,
0: like a branch, like a branch, a
1: branch. Yeah, branches is a little bit uh, harder because it it might break off at the at the joint but if the tree has a natural bend in it there's always a place you could use that ah
0: very good tip i like that so are you are you um
2: (laughs) to ask one more time
0: what would you how much hours would you project to build like um let's say eight foot or six or seven or now the ten ten feet of a boat like viking style how how would that go
1: probably lots because i wouldn't i, I don't know what i'm doing
0: uh, okay that's a good answer i like it <laughs> <laughs> i will look into that i will look into that and uh yeah see what i can do uh, if i need help I'll, I'll let you know youtube yes that's the way to go right i think so mm. Okay, there must be other people who do it too. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine, yeah. Mm. Okay, well, Pat, I think I'm good. Are you good? Sure, I'm good. Okay, uh, this was very informative today. I love what you're doing. I highly recommend everybody to check this out. You're on Instagram, Patty Boards, and on Facebook. And uh, we put all the links later in the in the description. I will do that, and the people can find you. That's awesome.
1: Okay.
0: I love talking triathlon too. Yeah, it's fun. You'll
1: mm. have to get out.
0: Yes. Okay. okay. Just stick around okay. for one second. I take us off the air. And thank you so much sure. again for being here tonight. Just wait for Thank one you. Second. I enjoyed it. Okay. Stopping the live stream. And good night here.